Good day and welcome to UK and Ireland Packers news. We regret to inform you that the hopes and dreams of Packers fans for 2022 passed away on Sunday, 6 November. We would like to tell you that these hopes and dreams fought valiantly against the forces of darkness that wanted to cruelly rip them asunder, but nay. These hopes and dreams evaporated away as gently as the morning dew in bright summer sunshine with as much fury as a discreet mouse fart. Adieu, hopes and dreams. Tis a cruel, cruel world. It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter and, of course, follow the group at UK Packers. And here we are. <laughs> what oh, the hell's going on out there? Yeah. What? Someone said that, I what? believe. Oh. What? Here we are. It happened. Are we gonna, are we, yeah, look, are we going to make this depressing, Daryl? Are we, are we, no. Is there a bit of humor in it? Are people, are good people going to be annoyed if you find humor in it? I mean, because it is very, it's very serious and not at all silly. Do you know what? It was such a comedy of errors that towards the end of the game, actually, do you know what? I kind of just gave up getting annoyed. I was just going, do mm. you know what? This couldn't possibly get any worse. Oh, no, it can't. There we go. No. It's gotten worse. Oh, no. Yeah, look, it was the injuries. Now, what did I say? And I didn't mean to... Look, this is not how science works. I, I didn't jinx it, but Aaron Jones, they're all going off injured. Um, yeah. You know, Rashan Gary has a torn ACL, MCL, and he's out indefinitely now, which, yep. you know, there's complications there. Um, and we saw Devondra Campbell coming out saying that a turf field is like concrete. You know, it's like cement. It's horrendous to play on. Um I don't know. I, I guess I'll set you loose before I go off on, on one. Um, and again, you know, we can point fingers and we can blame people and we will be doing that probably in this podcast. Um, but where's her head at with this? I, I'll run down through my gamut of stuff after, but where's her head at, man? I mean, this the season's over, right? I mean, effectively the season's over. Yeah, season's over. Like, it's the lack of the two Cs, I thought. Confidence and conviction, both gone. Hmm. They look like headless chickens. Um, again, what did we say in the last... We said in the quick snaps, they're not going to be playing the Lions. They're going to be playing themselves. That came to pass because the Lions didn't even have to do anything. Okay, the Lions, to be fair, did front up in lots of areas. But uh, what should have been a training match of quality ended up being one of the worst quality games of football I've ever seen. As uh, as we were alluding to during the game with the tweets, I mean, it was a soccer score. Um, and we were losing nil all for a long time. Mm. It just it looked like a team without ideas, without confidence. Everything is as low as it can possibly get. So I don't know. I mean, where do you go from here? I just don't see a win coming. I don't see any W anywhere. This this was the confidence giver. This was the thing that was going to put us back on the rails. That That's all off now. How do you get yourself... If you can't get yourself up to beat the Lions, can you get yourself up to beat the Cowboys, the Titans, the Eagles? No. Yeah, I don't know. Which is a shame no. because uh, this Sunday we'll be watching live and then also we'll be there for the Titans game. Live. I don't know. Look, I'm not, I'm not going to I'm not gonna insult people with silver lining stuff because there clearly isn't really one now because this for me was no. a win game. Yeah, I have like this is yeah. a, the, most the silver lining game. was beat the Lions, right? That was a silver lining. I don't see one now because any, any chance they have, everything after this for me is Pyrrhic. They can pick themselves up, dust themselves off. If they get a W on... On, on the road and the next time I can really see it happening would be against the Bears and even at that I would have said the Lions like put, put it this way everything the pundits think is wrong everything that everyone has said has been if they do this you know in other words everything from here on in is anyone's guess as far as I'm concerned with these personnel you know what are they going to do 
Yeah, well, there. Look at it, right? I mean, we can because that's that's what we did before, where you'd look at the commanders game and you go, all right, you know, we could sort of edge something out there. And then the people who fell into the thing that the Jets and the Giants weren't good football teams, um, and in yeah. fact, the Giants weren't a good football team for half of that game because we were trouncing them, you know. And it feel felt really relaxed at the meetups and stuff, and I kind of lost track of the score. Didn't even bother when I look back; it was a nightmare. Um, so I don't think we can fall into that because the Jets beat the Bills the weekend. Uh, which I just got to show you. And that tells me two things. One, the Jets are a better team than people give them credit for. And number two, that the Bills actually were there for the taking when we played them. And I know we sort of had yes. that podcast and we called it Green Shoots in Buffalo. And I believe that there was some things where you could say, you know what, we could have had, if certain things went that way in the game, we weren't all that far off. I think now, Daryl, when you look at it and you pinpoint the Commanders game, we fall to them with their second, third string quarterback, uh, Heineke, who's not a bad player, but let's face it, you know, if we're going to be a, a Super Bowl favourite team, which we were in the off-season, you can't drop games like that. We did, pants. Then you look at this Lions game. Worst defence in the NFL, Daryl. Yep. Worst defence in the NFL. We've Aaron Rodgers, uh, by the way they set up their defence, they were stacking the box and daring the Packers to throw and we just couldn't do it. Now, I know there's injuries there and there's wide receiver stuff and all that, but to me, we got pantsed. Um, and not to be too depressing, but yeah, I think this season is all but over because look, and I want to get the win and I'll always believe in the team and I'm always a Packers fan and all of that boring lark that we shouldn't even have to say because who cares, right? But, um, you know, I'm still always going to believe in the team. I'm always going to, you know, go for the W or whatever. But even if we beat the Cowboys, I don't think it means anything. And even if we beat the no. Titans, I don't think it means anything. I think if we lose, it just reinforces what we know about this team is that uh, Devontae left of his own accord and we were already thin at wide receiver. The only way to survive that, like we were saying, was to change your game plan, your style, would be to lean into the run, play to your strengths, and they simply haven't done that. And they seem incapable of doing it because they keep getting up on the podium and saying, oh, it's insane when we give Aaron Jones the ball. Good things happen like magic. You know, we should try to do that more. Um, but that's what they should have been doing all along because I guess that was their rationale, certainly mine anyway, when you look at Aaron Jones and just how good he is at catching the football how you don't have more little dinky donkey stuff. And we said it's not sexy, but it's an easy way for them to win and they need to get on top of that. But coupled with that, and I guess I'll break the diatribe here, Daryl, is that Devontae left. We didn't adjust the game plan, obviously. Something is definitely deficient there with coaching because we've Jair again throwing his toys out of the pram, getting aggressive, a dumb mistake. Fantastic player, but just brain fart stuff. And that's not the only time he he does that. He turns into a WWE wrestler sometimes. So that's down on, on coaching. Um, and then the injuries, of course, like, you know, you'll have people bring up injuries, go, oh, well, every team, like Matt LaFleur says it, you know, Larry McCarron said to him, what do you think of the injuries? I mean, did that really impact? And he said, look, Larry, we can't stand behind that as an excuse because everybody has it. Um, but then on top of that, Daryl, Devontae left the money that we would have spent on Devontae. We were going to make him the highest paid wide receiver in the league. Um, and again, not dogging that, this, not really that it was a decision because he left of his own accord. But the the optimism was two things. Uh, one that we could plow loads into defense and we did that and Brian Gutekunst people are calling them negligent for not dealing with the wide receiver room and that's come home to roost only because they didn't pivot their game plan into the run game but my last point is that they took the money from that and they said oh well look it's a silver lining Devontae might be gone but Matt LaFleur is a tactical genius um 
and a lot of that's been exposed this season I guess I'm not saying he's not a bad coach overnight I don't think that there's a cataclysmic thing that's going on but lastly the money they got for not signing Devontae we put into Rasul Douglas we brought back Devon Drake Campbell and we signed Alan Lazard to this that and the other you know and all of those decisions Daryl haven't actually panned out and I'd said it last season I said that Goody just finds himself in this perfect storm where he had Preston, now this is not last season, the season before, but Preston and Zadaria Smith came in, changed that locker room dynamic, and then Devondre Campbell came in with something to prove. Rasul Douglas started off at a very low floor and had a very high ceiling in the end. Um, and all of the things that went right last year with players playing out of their skin, um, I believe the analysis is out there that if, if a player outplays what you pay him, well then it's a good decision. And when you pay these players big money, mm. it's a lot for them to outperform that again. But that simply hasn't worked, Daryl. And now what we're left with is, is a team that's decimated with injury, that had to go to London and decided against the bye week coming back. So the players, the coaches, and everybody else is knackered. They didn't have a good attitude about it to begin with. Um, and now, you know, we're left in a case where the players simply aren't up for it and Aaron Rodgers doesn't seem to have his head in the game. Some of those throws there are horrendous and oh, under horrendous, yeah, Horrendous. Put it this way, if if Jordan Love was to do that, he'd be lambasted mm. uh, and abused from here to next week. But the, the, big, the big problem as I see it now, and again, I'm not looking too far ahead, but assuming that this season is well and truly in the toilet, we have two glaring problems. One... This was the cheapest year we were going to get Rogers. He's going to cost an awful lot more from here on out. The budget, or this, you know, the salary cap that we obviously don't want to talk about because it's horrendously boring is going to be a problem now. So what we have is what we have to play with. Half of them are injured. We're not going to have an awful lot of money to go out into the market again and start fixing the glaring problems we have. So if we can't move the players and the coaching is now deficient, and I think the coaching is deficient and they've been caught with their pants down, I think, because as you said, if everything had panned out, injuries hadn't happened, we'd hit the ground running, we'd have gotten a few games. You keep plastering over these sort of glaring issues where everyone's been going on, wide receivers, wide receivers. And they go, no, don't worry about it. We don't need them because, because, because. Well, the because has come home now because we, we've now, we're missing a very vital weapon in our arsenal. If the coaching team can't coach the players they have, in other words, and, and this was kind of a concern people had about Matt LaFleur at the beginning was, he wants these players to play, the, let's call it the floor ball. He wants them to play the floor ball, but they're not capable of doing that because we don't have the players to execute what he wants to do. That seems to also be the case now, that the players he has cannot do what he wants them to do. Um, and he's not able to change his game plan because he seems to be stuck in this um, rut that he just can't get us out of. We don't have the players to do that now. So the big problem I have is if we're if we can't shelve the players, we're not going to get any new ones in, in the way we want to. Well, then it looks like the coaching staff have to go. I mean, that's that's the next thing because if we can't improve the game and Lafleur can't change his play calling, well, what are we left with? Yeah, Going look, down, I I understand you know, as well. But look, you look at Gudekunst and you look at Lafleur, and I know it's a time that everyone's trying to point fingers and stuff, right? And it is atrocious. The play is horrendous um, from the quarterback, oh, yeah. you know, to the defense. Joe Barry is massively underperforming to say the talent that he has. That's come home to roost. The thing is, you know, I think the Packers were kind of playing lights out and everybody was on board. Because th- this is the thing as well, is that I love the Lil Wayne, right? If you're ever in a, a sticky situation and you say to yourself, <laughs> what would Lil Wayne do, right? Um, kind of an homage to Chappelle's Ja Rule uh, joke. Where is Ja? Where is Ja? Add me Ja Rule. Um, you know, Lil Wayne came out and said that we should have just sacked off 12 last year when it was cheaper. 
I hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Now I we've been very open about our criticism, right? And we've sort of said that we don't like Aaron Rodgers' attitude, it kind of stinks and some of the stuff he's done over the years and the way he's misleading people and all this kind of stuff, right? We won't go back down that rabbit hole, but it's not as if we're Roger stands, if if I if I may say. Um But the thing is, is you can't really blame the team for A, having more information than us. So they're looking at Jordan Love and they're looking at Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers won the MVP back-to-back. The leverage that he got with that contract was the leverage he thought he would have had when they drafted Jordan Love. So he thought that he was going to play lights out and he would get this mega contract Mm. back then and it didn't happen. Uh, And then he was forced because of the contract to come back and skip all the off-season and go gallivanting and then he did come back. Um, and now he got that contract and then he sucked. So, you know, and I know that's a massive over like estimation and it's it's hyperbole and you could really get into the nitty-gritty and see where he's not seeing the field versus they don't get separation versus, you know, he's got young guys and there's the rotation. We can get into all of that, but, you know, he's not doing what an MVP quarterback does. You're supposed to get in and you're supposed to lead the team. And as well as that, there are, we don't have enough information, frankly, to say whether the issues stem from because Rodgers does seem to be piping up again. Uh, and Mike McCarthy hit the news and a really lovely heartfelt video where he sort of weeps about yeah, the yeah. people of Green Bay, which was lovely. And the backstory to that is, is his wife and, uh, you know, the kids and stuff. They're all from Green Bay and they went to school there. And I, I believe when he was off for the year, he, he hung around Green Bay, lived just up the road from some of the Packers' execs. Um, so he does actually love Green Bay. But anyway... You know, it's sort of getting a bit that way where Rodgers is talking about, Daryl, you know, we need to simplify the offense. Um, and then there's analysts out there looking at the game tape and they're saying, oh, well, look, you know, Matt LaFleur wants to sort of pre-snap motion, uh, which we know to be LaFleur's system, whereas Aaron Rodgers is trying to get away from that and kind of, you know, overruling him on the field and stuff like that. I don't know any, I don't know anything about that. I don't know if that's the case and I don't know if he can do it. But when you look at it on the face of it, we did two-time MVP. We'd a head coach who was winning 13 games a season every season, so much so that it gave the GM uh, confidence that if he brought back everybody, bar the people he couldn't, which was Devontae because he wanted to leave, is that if he gave him basically the same team that he could make it work. And I think LaFleur simply has ran out of ideas with it and cannot make it work because like we've said before, he's playing for the team that he wants and not that he has. I also want to talk about um, the Jordan Love thing. Um, but I, I'm conscious that I've, I've spoke for a long while, Daryl. So I'll just I'll kick the ball back over to you for any other analysis that you have kind of around anything I've said or anything that you want to bring up. Or if you want to go down the Jordan Love route on your side of things and maybe I'll dive back in then and, and sort of give my piece on it. Yeah, no, I think, again, we talked about hindsight, but I think if we went back and listened to a couple of podcasts that we did just towards the beginning of the season and we talked about how all the signs were good, you know, Goody comes and basically brings back the same cast saying there was nothing wrong with last year, it's not broke, let's just keep going, there's nothing to fix. Uh, Joe Barry came in, we had the best defense on paper, everything looked rosy, but I think we did have that word of caution that he has pushed all his chips in here, Goody, that if this doesn't work, it's going to fall apart catastrophically. And we did say that back in the day, because we basically said, we know the holes we have to plug, but we think we have a sufficient plug in those holes. Mm. We clearly don't. Joe Barry doesn't appear to be up to the task, I don't know. Um, if that's right or wrong, it's just what it looks like the last few games. Is getting rid of him going to help? It might help give the defense a push, but if the offense isn't playing well, we're going to be back to the old days where when the D wasn't playing well, the offense pulled them pulled their ass out of the fire. That's only two seasons ago. Last year, we got a good D. The offense wasn't firing in all cylinders. Now both have fallen apart. There's nothing 
you know, the emperor doesn't have any clothes on anymore. It's one of those things that when you're winning well, and there are still people out there that even if they win, they moan and go, oh, well, you know, it's not going to be like this forever. And, you know, even a broken clock is right twice a day. But these are the same people that were going, oh, we need, we need wide receivers. And we do. But we were papering over those cracks because we were winning. And when you're winning, people go, oh, don't, don't worry about it. You're always, bang, you're always banging on about the team. Leave them alone, they're winning. Mm. What's happened now is all of these flaws, all of the things that we said were issues have now come home to roost. Goody put all his chips in. We're all in on this team. This team's not producing. It's up to this team to start doing something. Uh, making radical changes right now, I don't think is going to help because all you do is you lose people. You don't necessarily gain the best people at this time in the season. Uh, you, you know, you chop off a load of lads who are not going to get another job until the season's, until the dust is settled. So, I mean, let's, we're go- I think we're going to touch on it now when you start talking about Jordan Love, but it does making draft drastic changes now, will it change anything? Because they're not going to turn this season around. They're not going to get in the golden goose that's going to lay the golden egg at this point in the season. So do you let them, do you leave this experiment in its Petri dish? Let it go, let it rectify itself? Or do you go crazy and start cutting left, right and centre? And I think that's yeah. what Goody's thinking about now. Yeah, well, to your point of, you know, do we cut Joe Barry out? I don't think we can. Um, because I think if you look at LaFleur's leadership style and how he seems to set up the team, because anytime there was a defensive brain fart moment, they say to him, what did you, why, why did you do that? Why, like, what's going on? And he would say, it's my responsibility as head coach, but when it comes to the granular stuff at defense, he kind of stays away. So to me, what that tells me is, is that he gets somebody in on defense that he trusts. And uh, we had Mike Petton there and didn't want to let him go. And the defense was so-so. And then they brought Joe Barry in and the defense was still kind of so-so. They had flashes of brilliance and all that kind of stuff. And he obviously yeah. trusted them. But it seems like the way LaFleur head coaches, if I can verb it, verbalize it, uh, is that he... He nice. gets guys in and lets them run with it and sort of says, this is what we want, this is what we're going for. And I don't think he is really defensive heavy. And I don't know if he's capable of being defensive heavy, which means, from my point of view, I think when it starts to get out of hand on defence, he just needs someone else to come in. And as you said, that he's not in a position to do that. So I don't see any no. way that they let Joe Barry go because not unless he has massive faith in the guys underneath him. And look, there are some massive candidates there. Um yeah. Who, who could step up in the job and at the TV coach and stuff but you know all of that kind of aside I don't think he makes wholesale changes the other thing as well is is that LaFleur is one of the most winningest coaches in NFL history I think now he's one of the only coaches to win seven of his first eight games and he's tied that now with the Vikings head coach painfully um Who's come in and done, done the same? So when you look at this, you're kind of thinking for, and I'm not, I'm not being airy fairy with it, right? But I think that, or speaking to in philosophical speak, but I think it's important for the floor to have a tough stretch too, because the easiest thing ever is to win, and everyone's singing your praises, and you don't lose back to back games and stuff like that. And I do think Rogers and Devontae Adams have pulled his ass out of the fire. And more than anything, mm. and I think the system that he was running worked brilliantly well for Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. And when you take away that one ingredient plus Nathaniel Hackett, we found ourselves probably in this situation. Now, added to it, you have a quarterback who seems a bit peed off, stuff isn't working, he gets frustrated, he gets spooked in the pocket. He didn't have an O line for a very long time this season, no, um, no. and he kept getting sort of pushed back as well. But, Daryl, Jordan Love and the Aaron Rodgers thing, um, I, I just think the narrative's all off. For me, I just think the narrative's way off. I don't think it's a case of 
because it's like, uh, do you like dog or, dogs or cats? And people, are, um, you know, that's not. A, and you know that comparing yeah. apples. Why, why dichotomy? You can you can have you can have both. You know, you, you don't have, have to have one or the other. Yeah, and like, look, yeah. the thing is, is Aaron Rodgers is not playing well. Um, he says himself uh, that he his quote was that he played shitty. Uh, he did. Uh, some of the throws that he was making, some of the attitude that he had after said throws, like he was throwing the ball at the yeah. people's feet, yeah. and then he was turning around and calling them a mother effer if if the lip reading experts are right. Now, I don't think it's a case, Daryl, where it is Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love, because I don't know no. if Jordan Love is the answer. Now, it's the same thing. It's it's the whole religion-God debate of, you know, you can believe blindly and then you can say you've got no proof that there is. And then you can say, well, you've got no proof that there isn't. Right. So, you know, no one's going to win that argument. But when it comes to Jordan Love, anyone who says that he's trash, he's not as good. Um, I'll say it again, even when Aaron Rodgers is struggling. Aaron Rodgers is still the reigning MVP. He's not playing like it, uh, but he's the back-to-back MVP. He was still playing on a ridiculously high level and it, the whole thing just is broken and it's not working. But I don't think it's a case where you say, well, Jordan Love would be better. I don't know I don't know if he would be. And I don't know if the answer is putting Jordan Love out there because my attitude still is, is although Aaron is playing terribly and he can have an attitude problem in my eyes, um, if your MVP quarterback who can switch it on when he wants, cannot get anything out of this offense... Why would we expect that Jordan Love would be able to turn it around? I think what we'd end up doing is they're sending Jordan Love out for failure. But that said, I don't think it's a it's a case of Aaron Rodgers or Jordan, one or the other. I think they need to find a solution at that position. Um, they've paid Aaron Rodgers a ton of money. It doesn't mean they have to get stuck with him, although they are going to take a massive cap hit depending on what they decide mm, yeah. to do in the future. But what I'm saying is, is that it's okay to be dissatisfied with Aaron Rodgers, but also like it would be nice to bring Jordan Love in there see what he can do but I just think it's like when they bring in a first round quarterback to a team that really need a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence who we were told was a generational talent and he was in college he was in high school he was and then you bring him into a bad team but a good quarterback can only make a bad team so much better or you ruin him Blake Bortles, Daryl. I mean, here's a here's a guy, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, who was yeah. seeing ghosts but he broke all kinds of records in college and when you look at him now you, you know and uh, Peterman, you look at him and go, um, awful, one of the worst quarterbacks ever. But again, all of these guys were highly touted in their previous careers. So I don't see why you'd bring Jordan Love into a team, particularly if Aaron Jones is carrying a knock. Because what they said, what you get, and I'll, and I'll stop here, you get a young quarterback who will make poor decisions because he needs experience. It's that whole thing about you go for a job with experience, you ask him what experience you have, you say, I don't have any because that's why I want this job and then you don't have enough experience to get the experience, right? So you have a quarterback who's, they say, will come in, he'll make some poor decisions, but he'll also do as he's told um, and he won't make audibles for the detriment of the team, for one. It's not always a good thing. But if you ask him to hand the ball off, he's going to hand the ball off. And I think that's what Aaron Rodgers will do is that the defense might fool him a little bit. He pulls the ball away and then he's nothing to go to or he keeps trying to play hero ball or he doesn't go through his reads properly he doesn't trust people and all that kind of stuff the thing is with Jordan Love he'll do exactly probably as you want him to do bar actually being able to make the throws because that's something he needs to do himself so I don't think it's an either or um, and I don't think the future is Jordan Love but I don't think it's not either um, I just think that when you go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers and we've said it all along anybody you go to next is going to be a step down. But the whole thing on what we were told, Darrell, and what every journalist has said to us in the media and on this podcast, is Matt LaFleur the tactical wizard behind it all? We were told, yes, that's what his scheme is. So either, Darrell, he's not, or Aaron Rodgers isn't running his scheme, or it's a mixture of the two with a little bit, and I say a little bit, and I say it's kind of in jest, 
injuries thrown in, so they actually don't have the players to throw to. A pro bowler player has gone off somewhere else. You have a quarterback who looks a bit pissed off, um, and then you have... Um, you know, just a ton of injuries and a hard schedule coming up against and a bit of adversity and the whole thing has just collapsed. Um, it, the way the last year and the year before and the year before that seemed to be a perfect storm with everybody coming together. This is another storm, Daryl, but it's all going the opposite way for me. And I think the season is most definitely over and we're playing for pride now at this point. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think I think you hit the nail on the head. My exact opinion is is your third option there in that I think it's a little bit of everything. I think Matt LaFleur, it's definitely not a Bill Belichick, Tom Brady debate, right, where we're going, which one is which, because, you know, we're not dealing with that level of success, unfortunately, with Packers. I don't think it gets to that point, but I definitely think, yes, LaFleur is, I won't say genius, but he's tactically extremely good, right? Aaron Rodgers is obviously a back-to-back MVP. I have a feeling there's a lack of confidence, there's a lack of conviction on both ends. There's a little bit too much, I think, of not doing 100% of LaFleur's plan, uh, Rogers doesn't trust it I don't think 100% he also doesn't trust himself he's lost his head slightly but I think in the grand scheme of things I think everyone needs to be patient right if we're going to write this season off just write it off right but let the team pull themselves together it's a bit like a house of cards I think with confidence at this point point. and I know I keep banging on about confidence but I think it's very important in a team unit because a team dynamic is extremely strange you can study this thing and people have for years to try and understand motivation what makes a team tick? What happens? And I guarantee you there's going to be psychologists pouring all over this uh, with the team trying to, you mean, look at golfers do it. They lose their head. They get the yips with their driver and all of a sudden their entire game falls apart. So there is definitely that element to this whole thing. I think you're absolutely right. If we're going to back Matt LaFleur, he has to be allowed to have a bad year. Okay. If we're going to back him, if teams had decided to knee jerk, get rid of people left, right and center, there'd be no Alex Ferguson. There'd be no Joe Schmidt for Leinster in Ireland because they started out um, with all the promise in the world. They didn't get the results they wanted. If we are going to be at the beck and call of everyone who howls, I want better results. Well, I'm sorry, we're spoiled as fans when we have a team that that's, that's good and we expect it to be good forever. So the way I would like to see this play out, if I, I mean, obviously I don't want to be watching dead rubber of games for the rest of the season when it comes to the Packers, but I'm quite willing to let LaFleur get his way out of this one with the team he has, get Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, he's still our best quarterback. I don't think swapping him out and putting Jordan Love in now is going to fix anything because, as I said about the House of Cards, a lot of these young players are in that team because they want to play with Aaron Rodgers. I think taking Aaron Rodgers out of a team that is low on confidence, putting Jordan Love in is not going to boost their confidence in any way, shape, or form. Um, you know, it's getting, it's getting rid of their star player, putting him on the bench for what? because they were losing. I think we're just going to have to suck it up. We're losing, right? This, If this season is gone, it's gone. But what I'd like, the only turnaround, the only upside I can see to, for the remainder of this season is let them figure out what the hell is going on in there and let them fix it. Mm. I keep on banging on about the old adage of you don't make a bad team overnight. We look like a bad team right now, but we are not. If you look at it on paper, we are not a bad team. What has gone on? What is missing? And, you know, we, we could talk till the cows come home. And we're not going to find the answer to this because they obviously haven't found it themselves and they're closer to this than we are. But what all I can say is as the competition improves and Lions, we should have had them beaten. But can we be big boys now and stand up and do our jobs, provide good sport, give us good football? We're going to be playing the Cowboys, we're going to be playing the Titans. Let's just play some good football. It, it, look, put it this way, there's nothing else to lose now. The worst has happened. Mm. So now they just need to pick themselves off, dust themselves off outside the glare now, I think. 
Because people are going to go, anyone who doesn't just follow the Packers are going to go, anyway, oh no, the Packers are having a bad day, oh no, oh, anyway. So I think the, the heat is off them now. They're not nearly ran anymore. They're now, but they're, they're way down the bottom of people's pecking order for the casual NFL fans. So whatever we go off now and do, we're going to do in the privacy of our own support network. So let's just let them pull it together. I prefer to leave everything as it is. Let the chips fall where they may. There's no point now, I think, in knee-jerk reacting to anything else. We're dealing with so many moving parts now. I reckon leave everyone as they are. Jordan Love stays on the bench. Aaron Rodgers tries to figure it out on the field. And we just take it week on week now, I think. Yeah, um, and the thing is, is that you mentioned coaches there like Alex Ferguson and Joe Schmidt. And for the likes of Alex Ferguson, he was nearly canned because his opening performances were bad. And I think that's the problem with the LaFleur era is that he's come in and yeah, he's been yeah, a victim yeah. of his own success. So he's come in and made a success of it because you have to ask yourself then is that, um, so look at Red Bull in Formula One and look at Mercedes over the years. You know, are these teams good because they're good and their strategy is good and there's always an element of that? Are they good talent recruiters or do they just have a really fast car? Um, and you look at Red Bull and Max is coming back from 14th place to, to win it. And that's indication that the car just outpaces everybody. Now, that's obvious because you can look at the metrics and how fast it is based on everybody else. But you still need a driver that is capable of handling it and literally taking every corner perfectly. And when you look at this Packers team, is that the case with a Matt LaFleur coach team? Is it just the case that the players that he's had up to now have either overperformed or the talent that he's had has been out of this world and that he's still a really, really good coach? Um, but he's just had a faster car than everybody else. So his system is great, and his system is all gas and no brake, and his system is high octane, uh, you know, the highest scoring offense in the NFL. But is that just what happens when you marry Matt LaFleur's offense with an Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams-led offense on the field, where once you blend the two, it works. But when you start to take away components, LaFleur is not able and not capable to game plan for something that doesn't give him all of the components that he needs. Is this kind of, and it's, this might be an unfair assumption, but it's the one that's out there. You look at Pep Guardiola when he had Messi at Barcelona and all those superstars, and then he moves to Man City and has all those superstars. And you kind of think, without a doubt, he's a man manager. And without a doubt, there's so many managers, the majority, 99.9% of them would fail, even with that talent. And he's very, very good at getting what he needs to out of top talent. But is that the problem? Can Matt LaFleur only do his system and only get what he needs out of top talent? Um, because when it comes to the mental side of the game, Daryl, and we saw a really telling to- quote, you know, a couple of weeks ago from the Packers where he said, this was the, f- Aaron Rodgers said, this is the first game we felt like we we're actually up for. And that's a coaching problem because you can't have all of these superstars in a locker room. You can't be paying them the money of the yard. They can't be as successful as they have been. And then, you know, keep giving this mantra, it's all on me and it's one game at a time and it's this, that, you know, all this philosophy stuff. And then not be able to get them up for a game against the commanders. Uh, you know, and it's just, it's a bit nuts to me. I mean, even the books are starting to turn around. But like you say, I think they will benefit from the limelight being off by being underdogs. But what they're, what cannot change is team morale, because even though that will start to slowly come back. And what definitely can't change is, is injuries. So if D-back mm. is out or if questionable decisions keep being made or brain fart moments on defense... Um, then nothing's going to change. If you keep giving up these catastrophic penalties where it's third and long and then all of a sudden we give up a you know, a penalty of 15 yards for you know, unnecessary roughness or you know, throwing people around off the sidelines. I mean, it's just, it's brain dead stuff um, and we can't be doing that so we have to cut that kind of stuff out. But 
I think it's gone past the point now where, you know, we've lost too many players to injury. Rashan Gary's out, you know, and the defense, you know, was, you know, wasn't all that good with him in it. And I don't mean that as a disservice to him. I think he played absolutely fantastic and he was leading the league almost in his position. I think he's only been beaten out by Zadarius Smith, of all people, who effectively mm. still on the Packers <laughs> payroll. But anyway, um, so look, I just think it's probably too far gone at this stage. And I just don't see the benefit of putting Jordan Love in that situation where it's a bad situation made worse. Because then, and I, I'm not even getting into the whole thing of like, it'll bring pressure down on Jordan Love and the fan base will get after him. Because to a degree, he's going to be well used to being written off at this stage. Um, but I don't think putting him in there and you know putting him into an put imagine putting a, a Formula One driver into a Red Bull car and expecting him to get the same production that Max Verstappen would get, especially if Verstappen is struggling like Daniel Ricciardo. You know, like it's it's a very unfair situation to put him into. But the thing is, Daryl, I think what they need to do is uh, finally for me would be is like you said, they need to strip this thing right down and work on the fundamentals, eat that humble pie, and he has to admit that that high-octane style of offence isn't working. He doesn't have the players. Hand the ball off where you can. Play gritty football. If you only score, you know, 18 points a game, 20 points a game, 21 points a game, 24 points a game, if that's your max, do it if it's enough to beat a team. And don't be trying to take these long shots and inventive plays and all that kind of stuff. Bring it down to the fundamentals again. Uh, Focus better on a bit of defence, finally. Uh, Cut out the penalties, you know, continue-ish as you are on special teams and just see can we grind out a couple. But either way, Daryl, if this team does end up in the playoffs, which I severely doubt at this stage, but if they did end up in the playoffs, it doesn't have that same ring to it though, does it? Because you don't imagine like, on oh, the playoffs, anything can happen. You think if we get to the playoffs, we're getting dumped back out again. It's as simple as that because the team are, when you talk about contenders and pretenders, it would be a pretender team for sure because it's a mink coat and no knickers, Daryl. It's, uh, it's all for show if you get yep. in. No, it definitely is. We don't have the personnel now. We, d- we didn't have the depth anyway. We def- no. we don't even have the players now. So it is one of those things of trying to figure out what's wrong. Uh, I think it's a coaching issue, but also the players need to stand up. They can't say things like, it's the first time we've been up for it. These are well-played players that have played under the same coach for the last two years. This is not some unknown coach walking in after they had Matt LaFleur two years ago and he was amazing and they miss him. This is the same coach, same coaching staff. There is something wrong. The emphasis is in the wrong place. We don't have the wide receivers. They all want to keep their jobs. They need to basically go out there, try and figure this out as we go along, week on week. By the end of the season, hope we with the with the salary cap that we have, hopefully we've money left over to buy some good, nice wide receivers. And if he wants to play this high octane, heavy metal football going forward, he's going to need the players to do that. But what he does need to do now is tweak his game plan to play with the players we have, and, yeah. or should I say, the players we have left. Yeah, which isn't a lot. But what I would say, Daryl, is this is not uncharted territory because, again, the what was being levelled at LaFleur when he came to Green Bay was, oh, he's a, he's a McVay disciple and, you know, he's doing exactly yeah. what McVay did and McVay, 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 right? McVay is three and five um, when you look at it. Uh, you know, you look at teams like, uh, well, the Saints didn't really expect much out of. The Cardinals are three and six. Uh, the Vikings are seven and one, for God's sake. The Jets are six and three. Patriots are just over on five and four. Um, Panthers two and seven, Bengals five and four. The NFC sucks. Um, it's not great. Um, yeah. and that gives the Packers a chance. You'd sort of do by mathematics, but like we said, I don't think chance is really a chance because I think you come up against one of those tough teams and you yeah, to be putting lipstick off. on a pig. You know, we're not mm. we're going to look great at the end of it all. We're, we're going to look bad. But let's face it, that sort of McVeigh, the floor. Maybe it's had its day in the way that teams have figured it out as well. Maybe we're getting frustrated in certain areas. Look at. 
the way Klopp played, look at the way Guardiola played, this high press, this high octane sort of uh, football in the Premier League in England, that's being figured out. Uh, and maybe it's a case of it's just peaks and troughs. It's just our peaks aren't as high as we want them to be, but our troughs are way lower than they should be. Mm. Yeah, there's that and there's personnel. You know, you look at the personnel that McVeigh had and the dynamite defense that he had, and then they lose players and you look at their quarterback yeah. situation that they had and, you know, that kind of fluctuates. And then look, and I wouldn't make excuses for him because I think, you know, aside from anything else, I think his attitude irritates me at times. But when you look at Aaron Rodgers and you look at that thumb injury, it's very easy to write it off and go, it's just a thumb injury, who cares? Uh, that's no excuse. Uh, but maybe it is, Daryl. It, it must be affecting something because you don't go from a back-to-back MVP to being absolutely garbage, um, as you say, overnight. And there's some of those comes down to just mechanics and throws. Now, it doesn't sort of jibe with me, you know, that after the play he's doing this sort of Oscar-worthy holding his thumb thing. Um, you know, it's it's real, to me, it's real kind of like, oh, I want the cameras and everyone to know I've got an Owie. Uh, but at the same time, I don't yeah. mean that in sort of some patronising, detrimental tone. You know, you can play up to the cameras in that way. But in a way, I suppose, I will admit, is that it does remind us like, oh yeah, he is carrying a knock. Um, and you, that can't be written off. I mean, Devontae Adams had an absolutely atrocious year in Green Bay and we found that only after the season that he was carrying an ankle injury um, and people again mm-hmm. wrote that off and go eh, an ankle injury like, you know you can play through that though but it's how he comes off his breaks and all that kind of stuff and you're playing precision ball and you're aging like Aaron Rodgers Darrell, it probably can't be understated it's certainly not the reason the entire reason for the poor play but I, I think it's doing him a disservice as well if we just take and pick and choose what we want to go eh, I don't really care about his thumb so I'm going to say that that doesn't count it obviously does yeah yeah, it definitely does. I mean, and it affects players different ways, obviously, depending on the sport you play. But uh, Padraig Harrington famously won his first, I think it was his first major with a, with a sore wrist. Uh, he had an injured wrist. And as a golfer, your wrist is pretty important. But I think it's not just that. There's obviously his head's not in the game. The very like golfers, I think quarterbacks especially, can suffer the mental yips. Uh, you know, so there's obviously something off there. It's just a comedy of errors when everything starts going wrong at the same time. And sometimes at sports teams, that's just the way it is. There's nothing you can do about it. As a fan, you can't demand success all the time. You can't throw your hands up in the air either and scream about how this is crap. You know, this shouldn't be my life. Why am I wasting my time at the weekends annoying myself? It's the way it is. This is sport. This is why you watch it. This is why we're sitting here talking about it. It's disappointing, yes. But let's find out where they go from here. Yeah, do you know what? And that's the thing I would say to people is that when it gets to playoffs, I always like to sort of approach and go, do you know what? Who cares? And I don't get too devastated when we get dumped out. It's not great. I don't lie. And, you know, we put time into this and I've put a decade into this. So it's not as if it doesn't sort of take over a large portion of my life. So if anybody should have a crib and a moan and go on like it's the worst thing ever, I feel like I'd probably have the right to do it and go around skulking around the house. Um, But I don't know. I don't know whether I'm optimistic that way or I, I just you know, I think about it differently or something because I do remember the getting dumped out against the Seahawks. Like, I can't remember if I wept, but it makes sense. You know, like when I look at stuff like that, mm. and it was such a devastating loss and such a pointless yeah. one and such a capitulation. It's the worst in sports I've seen. I've hardly seen anything that's been worse. Um, but you know what? It's, it's sort of when you've been a fan for a long time, I think it might be easier to take. And I know we've been kind of spoiled lately where we've won a lot of games and that's very hard to take. And it's, I think an awful lot of the fan base as well there is kind of grieving almost because you can see it that like, okay, this situation, you know, because it was the, it was the Rachel Ross situation. If I want to alienate people here further between of will they, won't they? So if it's the Aaron Rodgers, will he leave? Will he not leave? Is he going to come back? Will he be any good? 
you know, him, McCarthy, oh my God, they're declining, he's done. Oh my God, he's back under the floor and this is amazing. This is the heyday of Packers football. Oh, he hasn't won the Super Bowl again. And then the problem for us delightfully was is we're just not good in the playoffs. Whereas now we're looking at, we're not even going to get there. Um, and if we do, it'll be a small miracle. So, you know, I don't know. I think what, the way I'm going to approach it, and I hate people that tell other people how to fan, but I think what I'm going to do is, you know, just kind of enjoy it and just take it for what it is because, you know, you can look at a good, high-performing team and sometimes there's very little to analyse with it. You're like, he's doing what he should be doing, so is he, mm. um, and this is what yeah. we expect. But I think, you know, we're in it for the long haul. We've fan base and we've uh, people out there who have the Packers logo tattooed on their face, you know, or their bicep or their leg or their willy or whatever, right? So they're in it for the long haul and they've been in it for a long time. We've fans out there who are fans since the ice ball, for God's sake. So they've seen some really grisly yeah, yeah. times. This is it. This is the this is supporting sports. And we all know there's a finite shelf life on Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers to who. Um, and we know that there's going to be decline there. And I guess we were given sort of green shoots and what might have been great with Matt LaFleur because he had this offense and we were told oh, his tactics are great. And maybe they still are there. He just needs to maybe recalibrate and think about things a little bit differently. But remember, this is a head coach. They changed the structure of who he reported to between Mark Murphy and Gudekunst and all that kind of stuff because we were yeah. young inexperienced-ish GM, although he's a wealth of experience. We had a head coach who was brand new to this as well. Matt LaFleur, we're experiencing in real time, like reality TV, Daryl. Matt LaFleur experiencing his first, like, really shameful struggle. And it's seeing how he navigates that. But look, we're in it now. So as you said, Winston yep. Churchill said, we're if you're going through it, just hell, keep going. going. Just yeah. keep going. And, you know, let's yeah. enjoy what we can out of it. We're certainly going to do it when we go to Lambeau on Sunday and stay around <laughs> Thursday. Absolutely. So. Look, win, win, lose or draw, Lambeau is a place you'll never forget being. So it's a place you should go and enjoy yourself no matter what happens. Because let's face it, at the end of the day, whilst you're there for the football, there's an awful lot of other stuff going on around you to keep your mind off it. Not including the uh, beers, obviously. But yeah, I think it really helps on your attitude when you're supporting a team. I start, well, both of us did support a Man United for a very long time. And when we were little, they were very, very good. They're not so good now. So spare thought, my poor son, he uh, now supports Man United as well, because he has to. And uh, he doesn't have to, the success to fall back on like we did. We've no. got the glory days. Yeah, and people question him now and go, why? And he go, ah, I inherited. You know, because I always yeah, look at that. Yeah, Remember, I used that. to have the Liverpool fans and the Leeds fans. There was loads in Ireland when Liverpool yeah. were struggling. And Aston they were, Villa as well, actually. Aston yeah. Villa, yeah. Yeah, great teams back. Newcastle was another one. Great teams back mm-hmm. in the day, yep. and they just inherited from their dad. But you know what? It, it sort of eventually somewhat comes back around. Um, anyway, yep. that's it. Uh, we're going to stay positive. And the next time you hear from us, I'm bringing an absolute... Most of my suitcase, Daryl, is... It's going to be cold over there. It's going to have a big duffel coat. Um, it's going to be have plenty of pairs of pants, um, some thick socks, but mostly audio gear. And this is the... I'm going to say this every time, but this is the year, Daryl where I get some proper footage and audio from Lambo. I always say I do and then I don't, but we're going, I'm going for longer. So I'll have a period in between where um, I should be able to get some nice recordings. I want to do the top 10 things in Green Bay, but film it and go around and do it. And maybe we can hook up with the Green Bay, visit Green Bay guys um, on that and all that kind of stuff. You won't be there. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry be. about that. I won't be there because I'm playing hockey for the Cayman Islands against Jamaica. So uh, wish me luck. Amazing. Absolutely. The it's man- field hockey, by the way, not, not ice hockey. Yeah. Not ice hockey, obviously. <laughs> Now, that would be uh, an interesting film in a couple of years to come, you know. But anyway, he has been at Daryl J. O'Brien. I've been at Steady the NFL, who I will be flying over to London on Thursday and then flying over to Chicago O'Hare on Friday and getting to Green Bay Friday night. So if you're around and you're listening to this in Green Bay, 
come out and see us on the weekend uh, I'll be around all week hit us up with a bit of a DM action as well we'll be around and stay tuned to socials where hopefully this is the year I get all the content even throughout the misery and bring some Irish smiling eyes and some Tommies and Welshmen and a few Germans in there as well they're going over so it'll be a bit of a hodgepodge um, of stuff and a bit of a smorgasbord if you will but anyway Ausgezeichnet <laughs> Auf Wiedersehen and Go Pack Go See you in Lambo, baby!